welcome to the Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 16. I'm Philip Wells, currently a member at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, a Wells congregation in New Ulm, Minnesota. We begin today with God's Word for You, with Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 4, verses 7 to 11. We're listening to Job's friend Eliphaz, who was a leader among people renowned for their wisdom. Verse 7. Consider now who, being innocent, has ever perished. Where were the upright ever destroyed? People often wonder that Eliphaz or anyone claiming to be wise would ever ask such a sophomoric question like this. What Eliphaz appears to mean is not that the righteous never have any trouble, but that a righteous man can count on God's help. He will not be cut off forever. If we were to change Eliphaz's verb perished to eternally perished, we might have a better grasp on what he's apparently trying to say, but I'm just trying to put the best construction on this. Verses 8 and 9. As I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. At the breath of God they are destroyed. At the blast of his anger they perish. Here should be the counterpoint to verse 7, but like a pendulum or a man who thinks he's a great orator, Eliphaz swings too far in the other direction. If he has observed that wicked people always get blasted by God in this lifetime, then he hasn't observed very much. What Eliphaz says here is true, but only in terms of the last day, when God will judge all men according to their faith, when unbelievers will go away, as Jesus says, into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Matthew 25, verses 10 and 11. The lions may roar and growl, yet the teeth of the great lions are broken. The lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. Eliphaz likes to draw pictures from nature, and there's usually some arrogance in the way he speaks. His words are so highfalutin that there are five different words here for lion that his point easily slips past without getting noticed. What he seems to mean here is that the fierce and self-sufficient lions are even subject to God's discipline and judgment. And while that's true, what would the application be to Job? If there, are, uh, if there is a veiled reference here to the death of Job's children, when Eliphaz says the cubs are scattered, those aren't words of comfort. Eliphaz is only bringing confusion to Job. And from this we have an important lesson to learn. Before we judge, we have to listen. Jesus said, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And Isaiah said, The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. Next up, we have Moments with the Master with Pastor Aaron Nitz. The word of our God that we are looking at today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 to 32. It reads, At that time some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. So what's on your to-do list for today? Since Katie's been gone, and Katie's my wife, she's been gone in Wisconsin visiting her parents, I haven't had the luxury of many household tasks being done for me. 
like the dishes being washed, for example. When the dishes start piling up, I find myself pushing that to-do item farther down the list. Just about anything else seems more important than having to wash the dishes. We often do that, don't we? We put off the things that might seem unpleasant to us. But Jesus never did. Jesus never let anything distract him from doing exactly what he came to do. He never let a group of Pharisees or a Herod or anything distract him from doing exactly what the Father wanted him to do. He didn't let anything distract him from reaching his goal and going to Jerusalem, even when it meant anguish, suffering, and death. A Savior determined to go to the cross in order to save you from your sins is a Savior you want, and that's exactly the Savior you have. I'm sure thankful to have such a determined Savior, and so are you. May the Lord bless your day. And now it's time for our Canaan-bound devotion with Pastor Tom Barthel. The Company We Keep Genesis 13, 10-13 Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan, and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Lot was given a choice by Abram. Abram didn't want them to fight, since they were both so wealthy that they now had to separate and take their flocks to different regions of the land. So the choice now fell into Lot's lap. We see the result of his deliberation, and even some of the things which likely influenced, or didn't influence, his choice. We see the things which first influenced his choice. We could argue that it was, in fact, selfish of him to take the better land, and to leave his uncle the poorer. But there lies in his decision an even greater fault. It wasn't so much that which swayed his decision, but that which didn't influence his decision. Moses includes here the fact that the men of Sodom were wicked. And they weren't just causing trouble, they were sinning greatly against the Lord. We don't have to take the route of many modern scholars and try to change the fact that the men of Sodom were wicked by their sexual perversion. Now, not only is the account of Genesis clear on that fact, but the book of Jude indicates that this is why they faced God's punishment, sexual immorality. Do you ever come across the decision to just take the cream of the crop? Does the green grass ever make you blind to the immoral influences that could harm you or your family? Perhaps you want your child to have the best education. You want them to be successful. Should the godless impact of the unbelieving world ever give us caution to chase after these things? What is more important? A full-sized gym and competitive sports team? Or a day-long influence that will be Christ-centered? Not everyone can choose to avoid the godless influences around them. But what about when you do have a choice, like Lot did? Do you go for the green, or see the big red warning sign? And if you belong to a Christian church that supports a Christian education ministry, do you value it and the influence it offers Jesus' little flock? Or do you value the money that can be saved by closing it down or cutting it back? 
Once again, not everyone has this choice. But what do you do when this choice is given to you, like the choice was given to Lot? Don't let the green of option A blind you to the spiritual dangers that come with option B. By God's grace, Lot wasn't alone in a wicked land. God still considered him righteous like Abram through faith. In the events that unfold, we see that Lot may have kept poor company, was in grave spiritual danger in his new surroundings, had not properly analyzed and looked at the spiritual dangers he was headed into. But he still kept the Lord in his heart. We are on a journey. If you have to part with your Christian parents, uncle, or any other Christian friend who supports you, do what you can to cling to, cling to Christ himself. Guard your family by impressing the word of the Lord on their hearts. Jesus has promised that he has in store for those who trust in him a crown of righteousness. And by his grace, he takes his sheep to green pastures. They know and listen to his voice. And there they find rest. Remember that rest and the company we keep. Next up we have Spark and Echo with their song, How to be free.
now we rejoin Pastor Tom Barthel for a short devotion in Romans. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Romans 15, 4. I love how Paul reminds us of the importance of the Holy Scriptures, which have been passed on to us. They are not useless stories of ancient mythological characters. They are timeless accounts of real people, and God has given them to us for our good. And notice he doesn't say, the parts you like best. He says, everything was written to teach us. Everything? Not everything written in the pages of Scripture is exemplary. Often you find the opposite. In the pages of Scripture we find true stories, which show things the way they really are. The first band of brothers ends in a brawl with a bloody beating to death. The first man-made poem recorded after Adam's love for Eve is a rant of pride and a threat by Lamech. The first building mentioned after the altar which Noah built is the rebellious building of a city, one made in opposition to God's will. The crowd of men soliciting sex in Sodom won't back down from sin but cry out, Who are you to judge us? All this was recorded from the past for us today. The first man called Israel wasn't perfect either. The heroes of faith aren't sugar-coated and polished to look pretty nor is the chosen nation depicted in appealing light. There is always a struggle, always the ugly, sin-stained hands of the saints before us. Consider what is written about Jacob, the man called Israel, one who wrestles with God. Seeking to gain blessing for himself, he struggles and strives. He deceives his own father with lies. This is written for our learning? Surely a God-fearing wife would help out Jacob, right? Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. Jacob found a God-fearing wife, but it wasn't long before we see her stealing the household idols of her father. Truth is mixed with falsehood. Jacob found a wife to match his own character. She shares in her husband's deceptions of a caring father. Sadly, she also shares in her father's love of idols. The saints drift from truth to darkness. The command at Sinai to have no other gods is so quickly lost on the human heart. Forty days? Is that as long as the people could go without subverting to openly worshipping an idol when Moses was on the mountain? The people of Israel have prophet after prophet come their way throughout history, but they prefer their own ways. What's wrong with a little superstition? Isaiah cried out against the people turning to the horoscopes and false prophets. When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Jeremiah 8 Why is all this written? Everything was written to teach us. A warning for us. But it also points us to our hope. It is not only a hope, but it is a hope that is not based in mankind or in our own piety. It is a hope based in our God. Christ came to a world lost in sin. Our hope must be in Him and Him alone. He came only because of His mercy and His promise to Israel. He came not just to save the Jews, but a world of sinners, including you, me. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, 
to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. With Christ our Savior, we see the things written in the past through a new light. God's faithfulness is above our unfaithfulness. Give glory to God for his great mercy. May we together continue to learn from the things long ago written down in Scripture. There we find not only sin, but God's solution in the Christ. And we find him rising in victory. And we find hope. And now we listen to Someday, a song from the Camp Phillip CD. You can learn more about Camp Phillip at www.campphillip.com. Music on this podcast is copyrighted and shared with permission. We would like to thank Spark and Echo for the use of their music in this podcast. You can find out more about Spark and Echo by going to sparkandechoband.com. Similarly, we would like to thank Camp Phillip for the use of the music on their CD. You can find out more information by going to campphillip.com. Links to both of these can be found at the Canaan Bound Podcast website, at CanaanBoundPodcast.com. If you are interested in a Wells ministry camp near you, visit WellsCamps.com, or you can find a link at the Canaan Bound Podcast website. You have been listening to episode 16 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared 
in March of 2013. Visit Canaan Bound Podcast to learn how you can support the Ministry of the Wells and the artists featured on this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to subscribe in iTunes and to tell your friends. Once again, my name is Philip Wells, and it was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed week.